Welcome to The Crucible, episode 5. Today, it is I, Tiny Grimes, as always, and I was not able to hook up my schedule with Mike, the Rebel Spy, the last couple weeks. That's why there wasn't a show. So instead, we get this beautiful, handsome man, if you're watching the video, Neil, the real deal. Uh, he got his moniker back in the Star Wars LCG days. I've seen him judging L5R events, and he is a big-time competitive Game of Thrones player. What I'm trying to tell you is we have a veteran of FFG card games here today. And Neil, welcome to the show. How you doing today? Thank you so much for that warm welcome. Uh, uh, I'm doing very well. I'm excited to talk about yet another great FFG game, or hopefully it'll be great, Keyforge, which I'm pretty excited for. Hey, man, you know the title of the game. You're on your way. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a good start. So I guess I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone when I talk to them. Why Keyforge? Like, why are you intrigued enough to actually come on a podcast and talk about the show? What is it about this game that has you excited? There are a couple of things about the game that I really like. Um, I think that in general, when I play card games, um, I play a little more tactically. I'm not always the best deck builder, even though I enjoy coming up with crazy ideas. I feel like a lot of my strengths are looking at my hand of cards, figuring out the best way to uh, get advantages this turn and the next turn with them. So to me, that's sort of right where Keyforge is um, play-wise. And then I... I'm really drawn to the unique game aspect, both because I think that it will be a really cool and fun way to get the feeling of having your own personal collection of cards without the expense and uh, and I think the um, sort of opportunity of falling down the rabbit hole that a full CCG provides. Um, plus, I just really love sort of new ideas in games, and I th think that this is such a fresh, unique um, take on what a competitive card game could be that I'm excited for the ride, even if it uh, maybe falters, maybe falls short of some of those expectations. I think it's going to be a cool, crazy experiment. All right. I, I like that. Um... I definitely wanted to talk to you about deck building because when I think of you, Neil, I think of not always like a tier one deck builder, but a guy yeah. who loves building crazy decks. Like when we first met you, you brought the most insane decks ever to Star Wars LCG. And I feel like it took some real wrangling on our part to even make you play tier one decks. So I feel like this is an interesting space for you where you're sort of forced to play whatever this deck is, but it takes away that joy of making crazy decks. Do you feel like you're going to miss it a lot, or do you feel like I can just get that in other games anyway? I think that I'm still going to be playing the Game of Thrones game, so I think that I'll be able to get my fix there for building crazy decks and losing with them. Um, what I'm excited about for Keyforge is that back in college, um, I played L5R with my roommate in college and this was back before it was an LCG it was still a CCG buying random boosters and all of that and we made a pact we agreed okay we're just gonna buy like two starters each and if we ever buy packs we'll buy them evenly so we'll always be on the same sort of level playing field that lasted maybe a week or two right. before... let, me, let me ask you 
Which one of you broke the pact? Uh, I think it was probably me. I was going to the game shop more often than he was. But, oh, uh, jerk. But it's so tempting with those sort of random card pools and deck building games. I love the feeling of like, I have to figure out how to work with my collection to sort of have my personal deck. But I hate that I always fall down the slippery slope of, well, if I just buy a couple, uh, if I just buy a couple singles, if I just buy a couple more packs, like, it'll be okay. And you end up in that never-ending chase. So I'm really hoping that Keyforge strikes the balance for me of making me feel like I have my own collection, but uh, that I won't be buying hundreds of Keyforge decks searching for the uh, perfect thing. Yeah, I've, I've made this pact several times in games. Um, I did it in Magic back in, like, 1992 uh, or yeah. 93, maybe. And uh, I broke the pact, sort of, Neil. I didn't entirely break the pact. We said you couldn't buy any packs outside of it. So I went to the Magic shop and bought singles. That was never <laughs> stated that you couldn't do that. It was only implied heavily. <laughs> uh, but But the hilarious thing is I only spent, like, five bucks, but I bought, like, Craw worm for like a dime, but in our collection he was a beast, and just right. like all I... those sort of commons that are at the top of the power curve. Um, and then I did the same thing with the Star Wars TCG, the the second one, the Wizards one. My brother and I mm. did that, and then one day I just bought a box of the current set, and he was like, "What have you done? Now you're gonna win every <laughs> game." And I was like, "I know. That's the whole point." Ah, yes. Uh, For me, deck building is interesting because my, I would say my focal point has always been to like take a tier one deck and then make it even better. And so it's Mm -hmm. like in the minutia, in the one to five card change. And that's the area of this game where you absolutely cannot do. Because what you can do is say like, I think this archetype is good. I will buy several packs until I get that archetype. But what you're not going to be able to do is say, this, I think, is the perfect 36-card deck. If you try to chase that deck, you're going to be... You're going to go Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, That way lies madness. Yeah. So that's going to be challenging. But I got to say, Neil, I don't know if you followed where I'm at with gaming these days, but... It has gone off the rails with my organizational system. Like, John mm. and I will go to a Star Wars Destiny tournament, and it'll be, like, a regular card. I'll have, like, five of this card. I'm like, John, can I borrow this card for the tournament? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know where they are, John. <laughs> They're somewhere in my house. I can't find them anymore. It's terrible. It's really tough. I have to spend every couple of weeks, I just have to spend, like, half a day resorting my Game of Thrones cards. Yeah, I'm so excited to just be like, this is my box of decks. I am now yeah. playing this deck. Oh, mm-hmm. that, sounds, that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> just just yeah. amazing. I'm excited for that uh, ease of use. That'll be very cool. Yeah. Okay, so you are pretty excited. How many games have you played of Keyforge? Um, I want to say I played around five or six Okay, and have you done this all online, them, in person? Yeah, all of them online on Tabletop Simulator. Okay, cool. And uh, who have you been playing with? Some of our friends? Yeah, yeah. I taught our friend Tyler 
uh, how to play, and we spent quite a while playing through, through three or four games, and uh, that was that was really good. It was fun, and we both tried and switched up decks every time so that we could see a lot of different stuff. Okay, cool. And uh, is there a reason you didn't play me? Is it because you don't like me anymore, or what? what's going on there? I... <laughs> I just didn't want you to feel too bad after oh. having a winning record against you in Destiny. That's I was true. a little, I was a little afraid of getting a, uh, racking up the score too high. Yeah, we had enough time to practice. It's a good point. You don't want to humiliate me in all the games I'm supposedly good at. I appreciate that, Neil. I really <laughs> do appreciate that. All right. Um. Well, where I wanted to start today is with some big time news, and that is if you missed this. There was a document that I don't, I don't know if I want to say leaked, but it, it got out. Someone has it. And that is the organized play formats. They're out there. The actual official formats, the sort of like encouraged variants. Um, and this is really exciting stuff to me because this kind of says to me that FFG is handling this game differently than they have been other games where generally it feels like they released the game. They kind of wait a little while, and they're like, yeah, okay, fine. I know people want to play in tournaments. I guess we'll do some stuff. This feels like they're, they're really buying in early that organized play is what is going to drive this game. Uh, did you happen to see any of these formats, Neil? Yeah, I saw this document. Uh, one of our friends sent it to me, and I was so excited to see the variant formats. Um, yeah. I, yeah, some of these are really cool, and I almost hope, I mean... I want to play them first before I get too ahead of myself, but I could see some of them being very cool long-term competitive formats that feel even better and perhaps more balanced than a sort of straight normal tournament. Yeah, I I totally agree. So let's look at what the normal formats are. First of all, it says that uh, best of three matches have... Have you found your key four matches to be fast? No. I have not either. I mean, I can understand why yours would be slower, right? You're just sort of getting started with the game. Um, right. Keyforge matches are not super fast. They're like around the 30-minute mark. Certainly, sometimes you're done faster. Sometimes it takes longer. A best two out of three, like that could be an hour and a half. How much time do you foresee FFG giving us per round? Yeah, I think that it would have to be about hour and a half rounds. I guess my guess is that they would start with like hour 10 minutes and then adjust from there. That's sort of what they did with um, L5R, mm, that yeah. they started it a little low and then gave a little more time for for at least a while while yeah. people were adjusting. Because that's also a pretty, a much slower game than even something like Keyforge. So maybe fitting in best of three in an hour, 10 minutes, it'll be interesting. It's always an interesting headache to see what they decide for uh, sort of when games go to time yes. and the tiebreaker <laughs> yeah. shenanigans are. So that's that's one thing that I think could greatly affect how good a best of three format is if games are going to time all the time, how good is that tiebreaker? Yeah, and it feels like the tiebreaker is kind of obvious in Keyforge. It's like, how many keys have you made? If you're tied, mm -hmm. how much amber do you have? Um, 
which really seems to favor sort of like the faster decks, right? If your deck is fast sure. and steals more, then you would be able to, you know, in that third game, be able to make that one key before your opponent could make one. So I don't know. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we don't want um, a tiebreaker format that favors slow decks so that you can't finish any any rounds. Yeah. Maybe that's fair. All right, so the two main supported formats, supposedly at least, are going to be one sealed. Players purchase and use an unopened deck. Neil, how excited are you for sealed? I'm pretty excited. It feels like it's sort of, in a lot of ways, the easiest format for people to run as long as they have product, which we'll see how that works. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to try it. I think that it'll be enjoyable. I could see it getting to a point where sealed is a little less interesting because you uh, get a little unlucky with your pull of a deck. But um, no, I'm. I think that it'll be the hot format to start. So I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, um, I'm definitely disappointed with how they decide to make sealed. I I agree that this is the perfect. Welcome to Keyforge format. It costs right. what ten, fifteen dollars, and you're ready to play Keyforge. Welcome. That part's great. Um, and what I also like about it is, at the end of the event, you have another deck for your collection. It's not like mm -hmm. you have a pile of crud from a set that you've already completed. You have a full deck. So those are all awesome. But like you said, and and I've definitely found in my many games of Keyforge. Um, there are a there's a wide gap between the decks. <laughs> there are some bad decks. There are some amazing decks. What I was hoping sealed would be was either buy two or buy three and choose one of your decks. And what I would say is players purchase up to two or three decks. So that if a player wants to come in and just buy a deck, that's fine. Uh, but you have the option to buy like two of them in case you get, you know, a terrible deck. Would you have to buy those decks immediately at the same time, or would you get to open your first deck, realize it's no good, and then opt into buying your second deck? I'm fine with either, but I think if we're trying to make this the more casual format, I think it'd be better just to say you can buy them one at a time. Oh, okay. And then that way, you know, you could spend 15 bucks and go, my deck's fine, I'm, I'm good. Uh, or, mm -hmm. or you know, it's total garbage. It's not a wasted event. I'd like another one. Like a mulligan. Yeah. It's a mulligan on decks, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Most expensive mulligan I've heard of, but I, I dig it. It's actually how Keyforge plays. Mulligans are, you give your opponent $10, and then you get a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like because of this just open one and play one, I think this will be wildly popular at first. And people will quickly realize this doesn't work unless FFG just does an amazing job with handicapping decks. Um, we're sort of assuming right. it's chains. Maybe it's some other method. But if they do do a great job handicapping, this will work great. Yeah. Yeah, if they uh, have an algorithm in to sort of immediately apply that handicap, that would be very cool. Yeah. I imagine that it'll settle down to being like a once-per-month sort of thing, maybe at the regular places, mm -hmm. um, where it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a new deck this month. We'll do a little sealed tournament. Yeah, I could see that. 
I, I think at the beginning, that's what we're going to see everywhere. Is just yeah. Watch this play sealed. Um, and then Archon is sort of what you expect. Players bring and use a deck. But what I love about it, players can also just purchase a new, a new deck, which, of course, they can, right? They they need a right. deck. They can purchase it right there. I could see myself I'd... doing that for fun if it's, like, you know, a tournament that doesn't matter, like a weekly funsies right. tournament. Oh, I, yeah. I roll up with my totally. awesome deck, and there's a bunch of people who are like, I've never played Keyforge. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to buy a deck and roll with it. Let's have fun tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll, yeah, that'll, that'll, be really... be a, that'll be very cool. I'm... I'm not super excited for this version of the Archon format, just bringing one single deck. Yeah. Um, it feels like, especially in a small group, that will get solved somewhat quickly. Yep. I mean, I guess if people are buying new decks all the time, you'll you'll find new, more powerful, or counter decks. But uh, I still feel like just bringing one deck, I especially with the variants just below this, yeah. I'm not as excited. And I got to say, I think this is, like, I assumed it was going to be best of one. And if it's best mm-hmm. of one, then the Archon seems like the format they would choose. But if it's best of three, this feels like a straight mistake to make Archon the normal format. Because that's just, if it's going to be best of three, we've already seen with other games like Hearthstone that the best way to do it is not to do best of three with one deck. It's to have multiple decks, and especially with how cheap yeah. they are in this game. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I think we're going to be able to pull off as a community is, hey, FFG, this variant should become the norm. And that's basically what happened with Hearthstone, right? As people started using different types, and then eventually the community all just kind of decided on, like, this is the best format. And then Blizzard was like, yes, yes, it is the best format. <laughs> like, all right, good yeah. choice, Blizzard. <laughs> So I could easily see FFG coming around to one of these other formats. This may simply be, this is the easiest place to start from. We don't have to demand people buy three decks, five decks. Mm -hmm. Just buy the one and come. So let's look at the variants. I think we're both more excited about the variants. Should we just go down in order, Neil? Uh, That seems like the easiest way. Let's do it. And then at the end, we'll say what our favorite one is. Okay. Sure. So the sealed auction, this is kind of complicated. Players purchase an unopened deck. Each deck is open and shown to all players. And then an auction for which decks players will use for the tournament takes place. So you're going to start by nominating a deck at random. Uh, Neil's deck. We're going to start there. And then the player who opened begins by bidding a number of change they will start each of their games with. And it will go around clockwise until all of the players pass or have a deck. That is fascinating. Oh, by the way, the last thing is return each deck to the player who purchased it at the end of the tournament. So you are not bidding to keep it. You're just bidding to play with it in the tournament. This is a pretty fun and crazy format, Neil. What do you think? Yeah, I I think that it's cool, and I'd love to try it, but I feel like the sort of um, bookkeeping involved is going to be a real headache. And is really a much more advanced format than I think even some of these other variants where everyone has to look at each deck that's open yeah. and have enough experience that they can get a feel for how good is this deck, how, what does it do, how well does it match up against all of these other decks that have been opened. <laughs> yep. And depending on the size of the tournament, I, 
you would have to at least break it down into pods of players if you were doing a huge tournament. But even then, that's that's so much to keep track of and then yeah. do the bidding. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I, I feel like, to me, the ideal scenario for this is an invitational world championship with the eight best players in the world invited and then do this. Like, to me, this would be a really great format for that. But you're definitely right. Like, a 45-person tournament, the auction itself would take, like, five hours. Yeah, you'd have to break it into pods of eight, like you were, were saying. And then, sort of like other other games, at least Game of Thrones, when they do the draft format. Even this if it's probably... a giant tournament, you break down to groups of eight, yeah. and then... The winners move on to a new group of eight. Yeah. I, I would also like to see this played amongst, like, friends who are really competitive at the game. You know, like, a bunch sure. of us get together. We all consider ourselves really good. And we make it more interesting, right? We say, mm -hmm. the winner of this tournament gets first choice of the deck they want to take home with them. Something like that. And put, put quite yeah. a bit on the line. Mm -hmm. I think that could be fun. Uh, the bottom line is... I think we agreed sealed auction is probably not going to be viable in most scenarios, but it sounds like a really heavy skill test. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, so I'm real excited to do it, but not for several months, right? Like we got to get everyone right. oh, yeah. up to speed. Everyone has to know all the cards. You can't have people like, hold on, I need to read all the cards of all the decks. Like, nope, nope. You yeah. got like two minutes with each deck, figure out how much you like it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the next one. We've got Adaptive. Players bring or purchase a deck. Each best-of-three-game match, players will use their own deck for the first game and their opponent's deck for the second game. If a third game is necessary, players will take turns bidding, starting chains on the deck. Wait, what? We'll, oh, we'll... This isn't quite worded, right? That's okay. Uh, they'll take turns bidding uh, the starting chains that you will start on the deck. Uh, which won both games beginning with its owner. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think that this is a very cool format. And as, we'll, as we go through the rest of these variants, we'll see that the next two sort of build on this best of three idea mm -hmm. in other ways with multiple decks, but this is sort of the baseline. And I, I think it's a really nice way to have a best of three where you're changing decks with the minimum amount of equipment, I guess, the minimum amount of decks yeah. needed. This is probably my least favorite for a super competitive format because I kind of feel like half of the point of this game specifically, since there's not deck building, is like understanding exactly what your deck does and what it's good against and what it's weak against and just being like, here you go. You saw your opponent play this deck. You don't even know the cards in it. Good luck with it, and then having like acquaint yourself really quickly. I, I think that's interesting. I'm just not sure it's the best way to skill test. And I know this is going to sound weird, Neil. I'm not super excited about a random stranger screwing with my deck. Like, if it's you and I, this sounds fun. But if it's me and the dude that's been eating tacos during the game, like, I don't really want him messing with my stuff. Yeah, I, I feel that it is a bit of a weird feeling to just hand your deck over for one or two games. I do think that it's kind of interesting because 
it's not like you have no idea what's in their deck after the first game. You've just played against it and yep. maybe gotten crushed by it or seen, oh, they missed that play. I'm going to do this better when mm -hmm. I play their deck. Uh, so I think that there's a, a little bit of nice um, learning going on from that. Yeah, I, I could see this being the format um, that John and I play the most, actually. Like, uh, I, I yeah. foresee myself most often when I play Keyforge is going to be going over to my friend John's house and us playing, and I can definitely see it being like, all right, John, you think you're better than me? Let's see. You know, we'll play adaptive. <laughs> we'll see who's really the better player. That, I think, is going to be really fun in a tournament setting. I'm a little less excited for this variant just versus other variants. That's fair. All right, let's move on to the next one then. Survival. Players bring or purchase two decks. Each round they use one deck of their choice and can no longer use that deck if they lose that round. Players are eliminated as they run out of decks to use. This is super cool. I'm... Yeah. It's really interesting having basically double elimination, but you have two different decks, and uh, it feels like if there was a way of, of having a... It doesn't work for Swiss, right? That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, there's no Swiss with this. this is there's just no like Swiss with this. Different. It's just a straight double elimination tournament, so it requires it to be a small enough pool or some sort of seeding really going into the tournament mm -hmm. in some way or fashion. So I think it could be pretty cool at higher levels, but um, your weekly your weekly meetup might not want to use this. I don't know. Yeah, the only weakness is that less skilled players are done after two rounds in a tournament that might go six rounds. Yeah. And that that's what you're getting at, right? That's the weakness of the weekly tournament of Joe losing the first two rounds and then going, so what do I do now? Do I just go home? Yeah. Like, I drove all the way here. I don't really want to go home. And it's like, no, we can still have fun playing Keyforge. And you're like, yeah, I know we're kind of having fun playing Keyforge, but they're still playing a tournament, and this just doesn't feel right to me. I could see a lot of players getting annoyed by that. Mm hmm And then especially if they decide to use seating, I have a feeling most doors won't use seating because it's dangerous, right? People get pretty pissed when you're like, uh, you're actually the 14th seed. And you're like, what? I am not the 14th seed. I played Neil last week and I whooped him and he's the 9? Like, you could see some stuff happening with that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, I don't know. Having said that, though, this format really excites me. This is the one I've been talking about for a while. I said, I think you should bring three decks, and then it's it's triple elimination. And that would work in a wow. smaller field, but it makes people, even if you lose right away, you got to play three games, that's not so bad. Um, I also didn't think it would be best of three matches. I was thinking in like a best of one kind of format. Sure. And I think this works better in a best of one. It, it lets the tournament move along a lot faster just having one round. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I like that. Let's move to the last one. The Gauntlet. Players uh, yeah. bring or yeah. purchase three decks. We're up to three decks, Neil. Before each best of three match, players choose one of their opponent's decks to bench. Players secretly choose which of their other two decks to play for the first game and must switch decks when they win. 
Ooh, I like this a lot, Neil. This feels like the most sort of competitive skill testing one to me because you really have to know all of these matchups, be able to evaluate their decks, your decks, how they compare, and uh, be able to win with two different decks. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. I like this a lot better than having to lose with all your decks because if you have one totally busted deck that I I keep so I keep having all these thoughts Neil I I I have a mm-hmm. hard time envisioning a world where FFG purpose per uh, uh handicaps decks perfectly, right? Like in that right. world all of these formats work differently, but in the world I'm envisioning FFG is always a little bit behind, so um a deck that that is amazing theoretically won't lose. And so like in survival, you'll have your one deck that loses, but then your other deck sweeps the table. And I love that about gauntlet that both your decks have to win. Yeah. I think that that's a really smart choice. And that also, if you have one deck that supposedly is unbeatable and your opponent recognizes that, yeah, they just bench it. And you know what? They'll be able to recognize it pretty easily. They're, they go into the app and they go, Oh, Tiny's 87 and 0 with his deck. Not today, <laughs> Tiny. Not today. It'll be interesting to see how much access during a tournament you have to the app. Are you going to be able to look something up like that right before a match? Or is the app really just going to be used as a tournament organization tool that yep. you sort of use at the beginning to sign up? Yeah, I don't know. There's so much interesting stuff there that we don't know. I feel like this app, there's so much mystery around it, and it's so critical to all of this. If done perfectly, I think this would be one of the greatest games ever made. But perfectly is really tough to do. I don't even know what that would mean, Neil. But even if it's done well, it's going to be really good. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's definitely true of the competitive uh, version of the game. I think that playing with your friends yeah. can probably get away with not using the app as much, but for sure, on the competitive scene, that app's got to work magic to make everything run smoothly. Yeah. And the gauntlet is so cool because you're like, these are my three best decks, but they're really similar, right? And so like, if I run into counters to them... Is it a problem for me to have three similar decks, or do I want to have mm. decks that span all the different archetypes? Like, I think there's going to be a lot of strategy that goes into building the perfect gauntlet. That's really interesting. I hadn't considered that, that because of all of the unique decks, you could eventually fish to get three of of a very similar build, all three. Yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of doesn't matter what they bench, right. but also, like you said, oh, man, hmm. Yeah, there's, a, there's, there's levels to this. I like this. There. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited. So let let's let's circle back. Which of these variants or which format would you like to see at the beginning? And then which is the are the ones you're most excited about? Which is the ones you want to play in a tournament? Where are we at with these variants? I'm most excited overall about Gauntlet. I think that I would be so pleased and excited to see that at the like world championships just that's the format for worlds let's do it i think that that would speak really well to the skill involved in the game and really show that even though there's no deck building there's a lot of team building 
for your gauntlet team yeah. of archons. Yeah, and I really like how you how you put that. That this kind of makes up for the no deck building, right? That that there is kind of a building element to it. I totally agree. Gauntlet is what I'm most excited about. I hope that once things get rolling, that that becomes the norm. Um, but I'm also really excited for sealed auction amongst highly skilled groups. I think that will be really fun if like we can get a little SoCal Invitational together and say, like, we're going to get the eight best players we know and we're, we're going to figure out who's best in SoCal and we're going to do the sealed auction to figure it out. I think that would be really fun as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah, gonna... I'm looking forward to adaptive as well, uh, especially starting out because it only requires each player to have one deck as opposed to gauntlet where you both have to have three. Yeah. Um, I, so even though there's some qualms about like trading decks with your opponent, I like most of the people I play with, um, so I'm not too worried about that, and I think that Adaptive will be a fun way to get a little bit more of a competitive format, even at the very beginning. That's cool. I can fix that for you. Um, I've got some pretty sticky foods I've got in mind to eat while we play. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think, adapt I think to be honest, Adaptive is going to be the format I play the most. I, I think it's going to be fun, and, and I think... That will be what I play the most. I didn't get to ask you this question, Neil. Speaking of Gauntlet, how many decks have you pre-ordered? I have not pre-ordered any yet. <gasps> I plan on buying all of my decks from my local game store, game okay. stores. Good job. So I'm going to probably talk to them once there's more of a firm idea of when exactly it's coming out. And... Uh, I'm aiming to probably start with like five or six stacks and then pretty often be playing sealed. So picking up more decks as I go. Okay. I bought um, the Team Covenant starter thing, the whole box. I bought oh. a core and like three other decks. And then I also plan on buying them at my what, whatever ends up being my game store. That's the problem in SoCal. We have so many game stores. It's hard to figure out like what is going to be the store that's actually going to support what game, unless it's called Magic. Right. Yeah, it is a little bit uh, split up. Uh, I'm sure you've been over this before, so I don't want to waste too much of the audience's time, but I am curious to talk to you very briefly. Your feelings on the core set and its value. Um, when I bought the core set, I thought it was four distinct decks. I did not realize it was two um, decks that everyone has. Right. And that makes me think that it is not worth buying. Yeah. Personally. Um, and I don't know how the pre-order is where I pre-ordered it, but I might cancel that. Like I'm, yeah. just, I'm just not sure that it's worth having. I, I have plenty of tokens from other games. I rarely use like the cheap cardboard basic tokens anyway. Um, there's a very high probability I cancel that that part of the pre-order. Yep, those are my thoughts exactly. So I was just curious okay. if you had yeah. any any thing different. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was saying before I thought it was a good deal because I thought it was just four random decks. 
I don't, yeah. I don't fully understand the two of the same deck unless they're planning. Like, if one of the formats had been play with the starter decks as a true test of skill, like everyone uses the same deck or something, maybe. But I, just, I don't, like in a game that's all about your own unique deck, I don't get it. I mean, I, I guess the rule book is probably going to do one of those, like, here's how to play the first five turns, and then it'll be, like, you know, the one deck, and they'll walk you through it. But I just feel like Keyboard doesn't really need that. Yeah, I guess that they were thinking there's an edge case where it's possible that if they just did four random decks, there's an edge case where someone gets four super complex, crazy, unintuitive decks in their starter but yeah. that feels like such a small chance Yes, I that agree. they should have just gone with all random. But anyway. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. But still, if, if, you, costs... if you don't play other card games, I think then it's still a fine thing to do to yeah. get the tokens that you need. But right. if you're someone like us who has tons of other cards, tons of other tokens, especially from... FFG, where they're crazy about tokens, uh, yeah. should be fine without it. Yeah. Is it cost 40? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if decks cost 10 and that costs 40, so you're getting 20 bucks for your decks, and then you're basically paying $20 for components is the way I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a great deal to me. Unless no. those starter decks are amazing, Neil. They totally screw up, and everyone shows up to the tournament. I've got my starter decks. You're like, dang it. <laughs> Everyone's running the same deck. What did we do? Please, FFG, I, don't, don't have done that. Yeah, I don't want to live in that world. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. Okay, so that that's organized play. Uh, I guess, real quick, overall assessment. I'm pretty darn excited, actually, that FFG is being this proactive about organized play that the game isn't going to be out for, I don't know, I'm going to guess at least two months, and we have this much put into, this much thought already put into organized play. That excites me. Yeah, I'm certainly optimistic. Um, it always sort of depends on how much follow-through they have and prize support to really get people out and playing, but... This is such a good step in the right direction that uh, it just increases my excitement even more. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, one, one really cool thing that I hadn't really thought about is prize support. Instead of a store giving you a pack, like I know you don't play games with packs, but I play Destiny, right? And you win a tournament and they give you th three packs and it's three packs of garbage. And you're like, okay, cool. I got three packs of garbage. This is like... Yeah. You get two decks. That's kind of cool. Even if they're not great, they're decks. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's pretty exciting. All right. Well, there yeah. was another document that was released, and that was the Keyforge launch party and some stuff about organized play. And essentially, this document, it basically tells us some of the, the prizes, and it says that it's this kit, these discovery kits, support four weekly tournaments for up to eight players and one larger monthly tournament for up to 16. So that's pretty cool. These kits are going to support like a whole month of, of stuff. They come with active house cards, stun cards, bags of tokens, power cards, premium active house card sets. 
uh, one champion playmat and a poster. Sounds pretty interesting for just your like random let's play each week kind of kit. That's not too bad. It does sound pretty good. And I know I've had friends who've been excited about uh, the prizes for Netrunner Worlds, which I think was this past week Mm. or is soon. I don't know the timing on it, but they were excited that FFG seemed to be stepping up again the quality and quantity of their prize support for that event. And I think that this sort of follows that trend. The one thing that worries me is the cost. Is it going to be so expensive that stores are going to have to charge you an entrance fee for all four weekly tournaments and a larger monthly tournament? Ooh. So I'm having Ooh. to pay money every every single week I come in just to sort of play, quote-unquote, casually because everyone wants to do this tournament? I don't know. Yeah, that's something I hadn't thought about. Um, and I, I guess we'll have to see. Hopefully, hopefully it won't be too much um i i will definitely echo your sentiment that it seems like ffg has been getting better at this like destiny seems substantially better than game of thrones uh perhaps this is building upon that destiny of course has the weakness of they pick all art cards but they're picking like eight months ahead and so it's like mm. we picked a great card for eight months ago and then you're like the meta change and that card is a dead card and you're like dang it <laughs> When we chose it's it, also it going to be interesting. Awesome. It's going to be interesting because FFG has relied so heavily on alt arts for their prize support in the past. Yep. You can't really do alt arts of actual in deck cards for this because every single one of them is unique. Yeah, you can, but it'd be tough, right? Because it's like you'd have to have the other card there so that when your opponent goes, hey, uh, that doesn't say your Archon on it. You can be like, I know, here's the regular card. It's right behind it or right next to me. Here you go. See, it has the Archon on it. And then it becomes this whole thing of like, do you really want to say that every time you see an Alt-Art and you're you're demonstrating you don't trust the guy and then some jerk decides to sneak in some card that's not in his deck? Oh, yeah. Man. It's kind of a can of worms. Yeah, which I think is why you see that this doesn't list any alt in deck alt arts yep. just uh active house cards yeah. which will be cool to get nice versions of those for sure yeah definitely especially for those of us who aren't buying the course that it won't have them <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah so um i'm just excited again that ffg is moving in a direction of supporting the game this also has the launch party that it talks about where there's going to be three elements of the launch party where you're going to use the quick start rules and starter set to pick up their, the basics. That's kind of a problem, Neil, if we don't have a course set. Um, then the next step is discover the unique Archon stuff by downloading the app. And then the third thing is you play four rounds of a tournament. And for each of those things you do, uh, it looks like you get something. So... Neil, if you don't have a uh, a starter set deck, maybe maybe you can ask to borrow someone's. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I'm always, I'm never the biggest fan of these launch parties. They're good for building hype, but at least the people that I'm usually playing with are um, 
pretty versed in card games already and already don't need more hype built. And so usually launch days for me are kind of ignoring these, uh, using the quick start rules to learn to play yeah. uh, steps that they, I feel like, try and force you to do yep. and just playing a bunch of games. But I appreciate for new players, it's it's really good and important to get people into the store uh, and learning the game. So while it's not for me, I think it's good that they're doing it. Yeah, and I think you're going to have a very different experience with Keyforge if you jump in right away. Because I was the same way, right? I played all those FFG games, and then Destiny was bizarro land. It was like I showed up to one of these launch parties, and it was like 25 people that had no idea how to play Destiny. And I was like, what is happening right now? This is amazing. And I have a feeling hmm. Keyforge yeah, is going to cool. be similar. I feel like Keyforge draws in the board gamer casual crowd that isn't quite as well-versed in card games. And I think there's going to be a lot of faces you're not going to recognize. You're going to be like, ah... Cool. I don't know who you people are, but let's play some Keyforge. I hope so. That that would be very cool. That would be great. Yeah, I was utterly shocked with Destiny and how that went down, but it was really fun. All right. Well, um, I'm happy to see that FFG is on top of this. We seem to be going in the right direction. Unfortunately, looks like we're out of time, Neil. I had plans to talking great detail about untamed but i think we're gonna have to hold that off for next time uh okay a, if you enjoyed having neil on the show today let us know let us know in the comments below say you know neil's the greatest mike uh the rebel spy is no good if you want that's fine mike will love that <laughs> all right neil. yeah that that all sounds good to me yeah thanks so much for coming by um i'm sure we'll have you on again soon especially as mike and i try to figure out how to work our schedules with both of us having like full-time jobs and stuff. It's the worst. Yeah. That sounds pretty lame. Yeah, I know, man. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning into another episode of welcome to the crucible and archons. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.